afternoon, good morning, welcome to the Earthborn Games podcast. I am your big host, Anders Carlson, <laughs> and joining me this afternoon, we're doing an afternoon taping, is Mr. Andrew Navarro. Welcome. Hi, Hi Anders. Hi, Anders. You are, the big, you are the big host. You're the only <laughs> the big, host. The big man on campus. That's right. And I am physically big. You cause... are. You are a large man. <laughs> Large and in charge. Uh, we're, <laughs> oh, before we get into this, I just want to say we're, we're missing Andrew Fisher today. Sadly, he is the glue that holds the show together through all the chaos. <laughs> so we're going to see what happens um, today. Yeah. But he's not feeling well. Hope you feel better, Andrew. Hope you feel better by the time this show airs. Yeah, but anyway, back to all, the bits are all in the box today. They're just shaking around without that glue. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's fun sometimes. But back to our banter with you, Andrew Navarro. You uh-huh. had some tech difficulties, so hopefully we stay together. You respond in a timely manner. But if it doesn't, <laughs> I just want to just say, everybody, it's not going to be as bad as last time, but it may happen. <laughs> you restarted everything. It. Okay, I won't jinx it. We're, yeah, don't draw attention to it. I, I'm the king of drawing attention to thing. <laughs> everything that's happening. I do probably have a disorder. But anyway, <laughs> um, what's new? What's new? There's so I have about uh, seven seven men in my lawn just outside the window here, uh, who are working on my sewer line. Oh, did you so, hire them, or is it city? <laughs> no, they we had, we hired them. <laughs> no, last uh, last <laughs> Thursday. Um, so everyone, buckle in for a, a new another episode of uh, of home homeowners uh lawn podcast. talk yeah homeowners that's right talk, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah last thursday i had an adventure with my sewer line so i went down into my basement to do something i don't remember exactly what i think i was i think i was going to work on my on kind of rewiring my uh my wi-fi router because we just moved it but instead i encountered an overflow of our sewer of sewage oh in our basements and I've heard stories of people in ca- having this before where, you know, like their entire basement is just covered in, you know, oh. several inches of, of raw sewage. That did not happen to me. It was more like a three foot, three and a half foot diameter. Uh, not too uh, bad. No pile of gross uh, in my basement. Correct, uh, me if, so... correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, sewage, that's uh, poo poo and pee pee. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of poop, and it was a lot of toilet paper. Uh, it was in a lot and one hundred percent gross. It didn't smell mm. as bad as I, you know, would you think? But uh, your shit don't stink. No, not that much, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I cleaned that up. I felt uh, I felt very manly, um, and then uh, then I stupidly washed my feet after that uh, in the in the bathroom upstairs and for like 30 seconds and then it overflowed again. Oh, Oh yeah. 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 Cause you know, all the pipes go to the same place. Uh, right. So I was like, God, man, what an idiot. <laughs> uh, so then I had to clean it up again. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I called, had to call a plumbers to come out and fix it. Uh, cause our sewer line was clogged with roots and stuff. Uh, cause we have like a hundred plus year old house. Oh yeah. The the sewer pipe is just this cl- like clay pipe that goes out about a hundred feet to the you know to the main line under the street, and uh, you know over the course of the years it gets infiltrated with roots and the pipes shift and it, you know mm-hmm. 
It's just the the earth does not want that pipe there. So it will yeah. destroy it over time. Does it create like this giant lawn worm thing? Have you seen this? Where it's like, I saw a, a video of this where they're pulling out this thing and they called it like a lawn worm. And it was this giant, it almost looked like a real creature they're pulling out, but it was just gnarled roots and everything that you were just describing. Oh, yeah. Keep probably. your eye out there. Yeah. You might see it. Well, they went in and they chopped it all up. So they, they came and they chopped it all up and then they ended up accidentally like pushing it all to the end so that it kind of made the clog worse and then nothing could get through. <laughs> Oh, uh, so they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna have to like dig in your yard and put in an access point so that we can get in there, and it was ridiculously expensive. Um, and I said, you know, is this gonna save us save me money in the long run? Are you guys gonna have to come out here and do this again still every couple of years? And like, oh yeah, probably. I'm like, well, then what are we? What are we doing? What here? are we doing? Yeah. So anyway, wow. long story short, they're doing pretty crazy invasive work down there. That's a long term fix. Where mm. they are, uh, they they did dig a pretty pretty big like uh, coffin sized hole in my in my <laughs> yard. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got to get down there. <laughs> uh, uh, where they are going to put an access point, but then they're going to like blow through it with uh, with high pressure water to get all the stuff out. And then once it's all out, then they're going to put some sort of um, some sort of compound. They're going to spray through it that then hardens. Because they then they cure it with like a UV light, so it'll it'll like take the tube that's already there and then reinforce it with mm. this compound. This, I don't know what it. I don't know what it is. Sounds uh, kind of fun. Impermeable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's going on right out right outside. So if you hear hear anything loud, then that's, that's cool. That's what that is. It's got me thinking about a career change, maybe in the plumbing. <laughs> yeah, I, I've thought about it. <laughs> various time points in, at various turning points in my life. I'm like, is it yeah. time to become a plumber? <laughs> <laughs> well, these guys seem pretty happy. They, they work for a place called hero plumbing in town. Uh, uh, I've seen it. What, yep. Yeah. My wife uh, is friends with the owner. So that helped. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, these guys, uh, most of a lot of a couple of them were just sitting around most of the day waiting for mm. some stuff to show up, you know, that'd be me. So, that'd be yeah, my role. Chilling out, the plumbing, enjoying team. the outdoors. Yeah. Hell seems yeah. All right. Just gotta uh, yeah. work with poop. That's, <laughs> That's the only thing. I've worked with poop quite a bit in my life. <laughs> That's right. Um, Changing diapers. I work in the poop industry. I. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that. I mean, it sounds nice to just kind of you go. You, you got someone's got a problem. You, you see it. it. You see it. Got to figure out how to fix it, and that'll be two thousand dollars, please. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I think there's definitely a lot of appeal to that. Like I, like I think Evan and I have talked about doing manual labor before mm. uh, in some of our uh, in some of our conversations outside of work. And yeah, I think there, it's just it's nice. There's, it's a, yeah. like working labor stuff is it just it feels good. You like you feel like you accomplish something at the end of the day. Exactly. Get I think outside, long, do some stuff. I guess it depends on what you're doing. Yeah. Long term, yeah. I a lot of the guys I worked with to just destroy their bodies like their backs right. but there That's is the a prime time period where you just feel good after work yeah you burned all the calories you really need to burn and you can just relax without you know like working an office job is like well i was sitting all day and now i'm sitting yet <laughs> again <laughs> what am i doing right. yeah well i guess i learned a couple of years ago when i tried to be a mailman that i'm a little bit past my prime for that kind of labor oh sure yeah it was just it was grueling on my feet it's I'm tough big, yeah. as you may know yeah. i'm a big guy so walking around 
all day every day was was hard for me yeah um well uh, good luck on your your uh, plumbing <laughs> and thanks i think it's coming along well I, I i'm hoping that we can use our plumbing again by this evening that is cool keep your eyes a, you know, out there days. and uh, give us give us like updates throughout the show on what's, right, what they're doing okay <laughs> <laughs> what do they got he's checking that's pretty cool down there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Working. They're doing stuff. Yeah, now there's no... some, got some guys in the hole. They got some Ooh. wires leading from it. They're now there's a headstone around. by the coffin size hole. What's that? <laughs> oh my gosh, what are they doing? What'd you no, say? I said there's a headstone by the coffin You're, size they're hole. They're already putting the headstone in. <laughs> uh, Evan, how's your how's your yard coming along this summer? It's pretty dry out there. I know that. Yeah, it's it's you know it, it's fine. I'm, I kind of gave up the battle of the you know maintaining the lawn but miraculously like this didn't happen the last two years we've been here but um just like some random clovers and not the ones i bought um started covering mm. all the bald patches so it's almost like some spirit entered the yard and cool. rectified all the issues i was seeing um <laughs> or something and that was before all the rain we got over the weekend so um it was neat so i love that you've given up already but it's, it's yeah. like we're yeah. one week into summer. <laughs> yeah. He's got other things on his well, mind. Well, I mean, it had already started in my mind, like, in April. Actually, right, back right. in November, because he did the preceding in late fall, and mm-hmm. and then he just, like, waits until spring. <laughs> so stupid. I know. What if um, we just fully uh, just kind of transitioned into, like, a lawn care podcast? People loved uh, so car funny. talk. People but loved we, car talk, right? but I, I really charming. don't i no. really don't expand my repertoire my knowledge base i just continue to <laughs> to shake my fist at yeah it seems like ineptitude <laughs> seems like a magic fairy uh did something this week i don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's kind of like the opposite of car talk where we just keep it a mystery yeah we just observe and be like yeah i don't know what's happening out there yeah, i don't know good luck with that but it pisses me off <laughs> yeah <laughs> i am growing pumpkin plants because i Hmm. I really love Halloween, and I I just cool. want to have a lot of pumpkins, and I think it's kind of fun. So that's just fun. Fill yeah. your yard with pumpkins. And so well, there's they're clover. getting bigger than I thought. The plants they they got these vines that seek out mm-hmm. light. They'll and, go everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they're going everywhere. But we have that's this cool. empty lot next to our house, and um, it's being maintained by the person who who owns it. And I'm afraid they're just going to run the lawnmower over all these long vines that are questing out into the <laughs> lot. So oh, are they? To, yeah, I'm gonna have can to you, make some adjustments. Can you just kind of pick up the vines and like plop them back into? Yeah, your... they have these tiny little um, tiny vines that hook and wrap themselves around things. So I feel oh. like I'm yanking it away from its purpose, and I, I feel like oh. bad, but I'm doing it anyways. I'm just moving it, and then it kind of course corrects, and I move it again. So I love watching creeping vines. Yeah, see what cool. see what they do. There's a cool like Planet Earth all about plants i think and there's a, a, a time lapse of these vines in some jungle and when it's time lapse you really can see wow it's like a living creature doing yeah. something you know it's trying to find yeah. where it should go love that yeah, yeah that's a cool episode that's the one where they fell the tree in the yeah in the yeah and then they all the all the plants fighting for that spot in the sun oh no that was wild yeah it, yeah i gotta revisit that i think it's all on HBO Max now. Anyway, oh, I, I got the Blu-rays. Oh yeah, that was that was a what a time to be alive. I loved every <laughs> Sunday, uh, Sunday night. I think they came out 
when they're on Discovery Channel. Oh, nice. Um, well, thanks for joining us, everybody. We got a bunch of questions as usual. Um, but let's start with uh, work stories. Let's start with uh, Evan. Yeah, I mean, I got a light update as usual. Um, <laughs> I'm just still working with artists and trying to find time to make my own art. And one thing I can say that's different and not to sound boring and repetitive, but um, where there's so much art back now that it's really fun to see like the arcology coming together and what it looks like and all the different aspects of it. So um, that's super exciting because so, would... so so you're talking about <laughs> right right away as I start. Okay, fuck. I was getting <laughs> I was gonna be meta there and talk about what I was asking. That's a problem with my ADD, my self diagnosed <laughs> ADD. Evan, <laughs> you're talking about future expansion, right? Doing art for expansion. Yep. And what do you mean by diving in or like getting more arcology work or whatever? Well, the arcology is sorry. Yeah, um, I know. The, we, I think we know what the arcology is, but why is it going? Are you getting more art for that? Is that different? Well, it's just just because there has been a lot of artists who are working on locations and path cards that represent um, parts of the arcology that are have been turning it in. There's there hasn't I haven't like hit some sort of milestone. It just I just feel like I'm at a point where I can finally see the fruits of the labor coming mm -hmm. to fruition, you know, like, and, um, it's pretty exciting. You know, there's, I guess what I meant was, is there more, are we going more in depth into the arcologies in this expansion? Yeah. Oh yeah. That, okay. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Like <laughs> the entire, like the, the entire map, uh, this, the new map is underground. So there's a bunch of, nice. I want to say maybe like two, two thirds of the locations are, like arcology specific locations mm -hmm. and then we have some like natural stuff but it's a lot mm -hmm. of like interiors of ruined mm -hmm. uh future spaces that's cool that's cool yeah. i bet that art is really cool it is really cool cool yeah so we also be... have some amazing mushrooms this time around yeah yeah like mm. the best best looking mushrooms i think we've ever <laughs> i've ever seen in a game Oh mm -hmm. wow! I I would love if anyone wants to share with us mushrooms they think are good in other games. I'd love to see them because I couldn't think of any any better <laughs> mushrooms than the mushrooms we're gonna have. Hmm. I, I got one. Um, Super Mario Brothers. Have you seen those? <laughs> <laughs> we we I, so I, I I put that in our in our staff Discord chat and that get that got the exact same response. <laughs> I think Joe sent that to me in the, yeah. in the visual channel. Yeah. I meant board games, meant board games. Okay, okay. <laughs> Tabletop games. Hmm. So yeah, that's the update. It's uh it's everything's coming along and I um <laughs> I feel like I'm of the team. I'm probably the one that gets I get I wring my hands and get fussy and nervous about stuff, but so I like go through these phases and then there's like, it's fine. Don't worry. We're going to make it. And mm. then I'm, I come, I come around to it. I'm like, he's right. Like I just got kind of carried away, but I feel yeah. really good about where everything's at. And um, to touch on a previous comments, like there's a lot of green highlights on the spreadsheet now. And so that's a, that's a good indicator that mm. things are close to completion as far as art is concerned. Mm -hmm. so, wow. For the whole expansion or just yep. with what you, Oh, nice. Cool. Thanks for the update, Evan. Uh, Andrew, what you got going? Yeah, well, the expansion is is trucking along uh, to kind of fill in for Fisher a little bit on the development front. We've finished 
playtesting, uh, the main main playtesting play uh, with our groups who did a pretty phenomenal job from what I've been told. A lot of really good groups. So I think we've mentioned that a few times that they've been great. And I guess they've been, continued to be great. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. So if Fisher was feeling better, we would have gotten together today to um, start doing our own playtest of the finale missions um, for the expansion. Uh, we did that last time around with the core set and made some pretty Pretty significant changes to the finales in those play tests. Um, I got them to a spot that I think was uh, pretty good, um, or very good. I, <laughs> having played mm-hmm. them since, I think they're pretty good. Uh, cool. And um, yeah, so we're at the spot where we're going to start essentially like doing our last touches on everything. Um, but I think the one thing we're going to try to do differently this time around is once it's 100% done and then off to localization, I think it We'll we'll try to bring some people back on to uh, to double check everything um, to make sure that that all the all the pieces fit properly. Uh, but yeah, it's coming along great. So yeah, we're we're targeting the end of this summer to be done um, with everything. Uh, so yeah, end of end of August. So about two more months now, we should be completely done and ready to go into localization, which is pretty pretty cool. Um, cool. Yeah, for my part, uh, I, <laughs> it's all the the stressful, uh, difficult parts of the process now because we're moving into um, fulfillment and, and all the logistics and stuff that comes with that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've been working with James Naylor uh, from Naylor Games, who has been handling all that for me. And uh, man, I, I think I've said it before, but I'm really glad that i brought him on board because uh he is doing stuff that i it has just just an understanding for what what to do that i just simply just don't have Hmm. um so he asks a lot of really good questions he's getting everything set up with all of our freight and our shipments to our various distributors in europe um and then uh making sure that our partners are taken care of uh he's just kicking butt and it's great uh because i I would not be able to do that job as well as he's doing it. So that's really awesome. Yeah. Um, but I got an email from Frank at uh, Ludofact today, um, giving me an update on where we are on the repack. And that started today, finally, which is the mm. goal, I think, um, for them to be done by the end of this week. So uh, it looks like we are going to hit that goal. So there are people um, there sitting there repackaging, putting the new thing in there. Wow. Yeah, well, they're probably home by now because it's in Germ- Germany. Okay, um, but this <laughs> but that's yeah, early this morning while you were while you were asleep in bed mm. uh, this morning, uh, there were Germans working hard on repacking um, the French corsets. So uh, those are those were going to retail. So those all needed to be opened up and they're repacked with the. Uh, the new components, the new punch board, um, the new uh, additions to the inlay, and then the little sheet that explains what it all is. Uh, and then, so that's all all done. And he tells me not a single French corset was damaged. In the repackaging? In the process. Or nice. destroyed, he said. Nothing <laughs> okay. was destroyed. Wow. Because they have to, like, un- they gotta get the <clears throat> sticker off, right? Yeah, so the stickers, like I think I mentioned on the on the podcast, where a sticker comes off really easy, you can you can do mm. it with a with a playing card. It, okay, it, cool. You don't even need to use a knife. 
Nice. Um, it's pretty slick. Uh, so you're not going to worry. There's no worry that they're going to slice anything. Um, so, uh, yeah, and they're using, he actually just put it, he put it in here that, uh, they're using playing cards, uh, because I, I asked them to do that and it's working. So cool. Cool. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Yay. I love it yeah. when I suggest things and they work and people do them. Um, <laughs> that, that's a really good feeling. Totally. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so the French corsets are done. The English corsets are going to be repacked tomorrow. Um, and the ad, the ad packs, what we're calling, are the envelopes that will go to all of our direct sale uh, customers and for all of the Kickstarter backers, because we didn't want to accidentally damage anyone's box uh, by opening up for the Kickstarter. Since you're going to get it all direct anyway, it's all going to go into an envelope instead. Uh, and that's all going to be happening uh, tomorrow. And I guess it's part, the English is partly done today. So yeah, so today, tomorrow should be all done, which is great. So that means yeah. um, very soon we'll be shipping out from Ludifact to fulfillments. And then uh, as soon as we do that, I'm going to be able to give everyone updates on when they can actually expect to receive their stuff. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, ha- it's finally, <laughs> finally <laughs> happening again. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you what, like this whole process has been, uh, it's been so, so, such a strain on me in so many ways because uh, it was so disheartening to get so close and then have to pull back. Yeah. And then it ended up taking forever. It ended up taking like three extra months practically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's super expensive. <laughs> Like mm. I got the bill for this repack and reprint and oh my God, it's so oh. much money. Um, so yeah. So not only am I like where, where I, 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 I so like it, it ended up setting us back, you know, three months as far as, you know, like our plans for uh, putting the game on sale and when we would go back to crowdfunding, all these things, all this stuff ended up getting delayed. Uh, on top of that, then I'm also paying for the expense of this other production. Oh, that's uh, got to hurt. It does hurt. It's like this didn't have to be, but it is. Just is yeah. Well, is. you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, as you know, I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. So I've definitely learned things, th- learned things from this experience. Uh, that I'll, I'll carry forward. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's good. To, it's just, you know, it's good to know that all these things cost money. Uh, but you know, I'd rather, rather pay the money and just try to do it right than not, than not trying to nickel and dime us. Um, right. So, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, going back to crowdfunding is going to be very important for us. Um, uh, which it already was. Um, but, right. uh, it's going to be coming pretty much at the exact right time to help keep us going. So that'll be good. Fantastic. Um, yeah. And then, uh, other than that, I've started on taxes. So we got an extension on our taxes cause we weren't ready at all to do taxes. Uh, but now, um, my accountant is starting to go through everything and, um, it's a, it's a mess. Let's just say it's a mess. I've done a pretty terrible job of keeping track of, of uh, I keep track, you know, I have all my receipts, you know, I have everything, but like there's a a web service that is supposed to reconcile like all of the receipts with the expenses. And I've not done a good job of keeping that up to date over the past year. So 
It's hard. Uh, so bless her heart, she is in there working on that right now. Um, and like I've told her, I want to bring her on in a more ongoing capacity to keep keep it tidier, tidier <laughs> throughout the year, so we don't have to do this uh, mm-hmm. do this again. So if she doesn't uh, at the end like throw up her hands and be like, "All right, I'm done," uh, <laughs> then hopefully she'll do that. She's been she's been very accommodating, so uh, I, I hope cool. that she'll stay on. But um, yeah, so that's what I that's what I'm doing. Looking nice. forward to doing some writing for the campaign guide. That's my next creative task. The fun stuff. Yes, the fun stuff. Exactly. Awesome. Sounds like things are getting close. They are. They are. <sighs> but we're gonna keep. We're gonna keep uh, talking to you every couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, Earthborn is eternal. That's right. <laughs> all right uh we got some listener questions as always because you guys are the best i think we got a couple new new uh listener listeners questioning us this week it seems like it's been kind of the same core crew who we appreciate for like months (laughs) now so thanks for being brave Haley. forgive me if you've already written in but um Haley says what happened with space travel in the ebr universe did we try to terraform mars but it was too hard never found another suitable planet close enough to get to never ended up hearing from aliens and we gave up looking did we cut all the funding for missions to space to focus on earth which one which yeah, one was I thought, it i thought that was a good question that was a, that was from yeah, for the, sure. uh, that was from the discord and there was a bit of a conversation with people after that and i thought it was pretty pretty fun to read Um, but yeah, like what happened is, uh, kind of what she asked there at the end is that there's just a focus on, on the earth. Um, and it, 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 we kind of toyed around with the idea of having a, uh, like a, like a space faring group of faction of people that maybe went off looking for something. I think that's still something that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Though I'd I'd like to come up with a um I don't know, some an original idea for what would happen to them um if we go that route. Because I mm-hmm. think uh, uh the latest horizon game, Horizon Forbidden West, has a similar kind of thing where there's this faction that goes off to space and then they come back and they're bad guys and you know it's kind of predictable in that way. Mm. Um so yeah, I, I think we we've we've definitely considered it but like how to reincorporate that in a way that's meaningful i think to the setting i think is the interesting question um but uh yeah i think the the focus on earth is what's important where instead of the i think a lot of science fiction um and i just watched interstellar last night again for the first time and since i saw it in the theater still don't like that movie but oh (laughs) so i think it's i think it's terrible Um, i know a lot of people like it but i think it's I think it's pretty bad. Okay. Um, but uh, in, but like in that movie, there's this, I think, a, a, there's just so many stories in science fiction that are about abandoning the planet. Like, oh, there's nothing we can do. Like, ah, oh, we've, 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 we've passed the point of no return and, and we gotta, we gotta get out of here. And every time I, I hear those stories, I'm like, that's just so depressing. It's like, we're, we've ruined this planet. Now we're going to go find another planet to ruin. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't seem like the right the right 
path forward to me. Um, no, it seems kind of like a pipe dream. Uh, and I think it's best. I, I think it's best to focus on, on the planet we have and caretake it more than trying to get the hell out of here. And it's ridiculous. It. It's ridiculous. Chance the only reason finding another planet to live on. I mean, it's the odd, like the fact that we can live on this planet is just amazingly like slim that like yeah. this is the planet think we're going to find another planet and have like an enjoyable life on mars <laughs> yeah get out of here we, yeah. we should well, laugh at that and just think about <laughs> like you know how i, I don't know if you've, you're like if you ever experienced a like if you ever lived anywhere like or when you move away from home for the first time or ever like lived in another part of the country or lived in a different country like there's this massive adjustment that you have to go through Mm-hmm. just to just to move to someplace else on our own planet yeah. like um, imagine <laughs> imagine what you'd have to deal with psychologically emotionally physically yeah to to be on another world <laughs> like i don't know i, I, don't I think can you, see I don't why think human brain could handle it right so there, there's your there's where you you should start with your you know new idea <laughs> about the space travel faction oh yeah yeah you know they're a little fucked up <laughs> they come back. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, they come hey, back because hey. they were they were homesick. <laughs> oh yeah. My God, they're so glad we're back. Yeah. That would, yeah. That would be kind of cool. That would be a different twist. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we Something do have like stuff that. on the on the moon. I think we are uh, that that we've talked about before. There's moon. There's moon stuff. Um, cool. Where people went to the moon to work on some projects that would benefit the Earth, though, not necessarily to uh, to colonize the moon or anything. Right. Right. Cool. All right. Uh, did we answer it? Yeah. I think we answered that. We answered it. The folks, it's kind of what the truth of it or the, the actual story is kind of probably what you personally think we should do, right? I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we got a good long question from Stan. Good old Stan. Stan. I have recently added all of the Ludology podcast to my app. And it has been a tremendous source of entertainment, both as an artifact of its time. Uh, let's. This I don't is know a little aside. Let's talk about the new hotness, Seven Wonders. What is that? It's a classic game that at the time was like, uh, oh my God, Seven Wonders is amazing, I'm sure is what he's saying. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay, cool. Um, but also as a very educating look at the way games are designed, played, consumed, and thought about. A recent episode I listened to was about reiteration versus innovation. What that particular episode inspired in me was the idea of games that are like natural evolutions of other games. I just got Earth, and it almost feels like a checking all the boxes version of Wingspan. Most of what Wingspan does is in there, yet the game still feels fresh and exciting. Do you feel like EBR is a natural evolution of something? The obvious answer would be Lord of the Rings, LCG, and Alfred Hitchcock, Little Cuddly Guy. But I'm... (laughs) That's a good callback there, Stan. Um, But I'm curious to see if you can see certain paths you can trace backwards in time. Should we answer that one first? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, without without Fisher here, um, because I know I'm sure he would have something to say. I definitely have something to say. I'm curious, though, to hear from maybe your perspective, Evan, having... Having played the game, do you were you recalling other games or like, oh, that's kind of like that thing, or I can see a line that's drawn back? Um, not with so uh, 
I don't have the the broad exposure to card games that you and Fisher have. So for me, a lot of my callbacks were towards role playing games, yeah. and I, that's that's the strongest um, callback I have in a lot of different aspects of the game. Just like building a character and interacting with people and having an effect on the environment and having a game that provides multiple outcomes for things. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's, that's where I'm coming from. And I think that's pretty neat. I, I don't really, like I said, I don't have the exposure to card games, so I don't know if a lot of other card games are like earthborn in that regard or, or, or what, and I, I mean, I know um, Alfred Hitchcock, <laughs> <laughs> little cuddly guy <laughs> is sort of like that um but I, I never i didn't even though i worked on the game i didn't play very far into the game yeah um so i'm not sure like how narrative it is um uh, narrative of, of an experience it is yeah it, it is i think pretty narrative it has it has uh i think you know, i haven't i've i've played a decent amount of it not i'm not like uh someone who's played every single arkham expansion or anything i played through the first most of the first campaign i think that's pretty much it uh then obviously been involved in you know improving storylines and things like that um it's definitely more of like a episodic kind of vibe to it uh it feels almost almost like a you know like a netflix series um, the way that it's presented with the way that, you know, you have each cycle, that's a kind of a, is a kind of a standalone mm. tale that's told relatively linear, linearly with some branching paths. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of, um, similarities, uh, well, a lot of inspiration taken from Arkham Horror and Lord of the Rings and, and Marvel Champions. Uh, I've talked, I think a lot about how. I feel like Earthborn Rangers is is in large part a um, response to my feelings playing those games where I kind of wanted them to do certain things that they weren't doing for me mm-hmm. and then trying to make a card game that could do those things. Um, but those are like more of that role playing, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like in my mind, Rangers is a, is a natural evolution of not necessarily one specific game, but it's like all of the games that I have played and enjoyed funneling into this one game to try to make mm-hmm. a er game experience. That is the thing I want the most. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely, <laughs> that's definitely what, uh, what like my, my mindset was, I think uh, not that I necessarily reached out to certain games like oh i want this i want this i want this but there were definitely things in some games that i was inspired by like the uh like the character creation system in the burning wheel um that really inspired the character creation background stuff i didn't end up actually doing the system like in the burning wheel like i kind of was thinking about doing that life path system where there'd be lots of little individual choices you make that, that add cards to your deck but it definitely started there and then the uh, the challenge resolution system, uh, that mechanic of like flipping a card over and having pluses and minuses and stuff on the cards, that is uh, 100% <laughs> me playing Gloomhaven being like, that's pretty cool. I like that. Let's do something <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I thought that was neat. Um, 
then we did our own, you know, take on it, obviously. Do you think that um, a lot of the inspiration from other games, you you were mainly just trying to capture the feeling you have in a game rather than the actual, what the game is mechanically providing? Yes, And then just 100%. like re kind of, I don't know, transmuting that feeling into like a new mechanic or something. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all like everything that, all of my contributions to this project have been all top-down stuff. Like all taking the theme and like, all right, this is what I want it to feel like. Now let's try to make that happen mechanically and then working with the various designers on it to try to accomplish those goals. Uh, yeah, like uh, the the move to trying to make it as like physical an experience as possible as a uh, as a simulation of walking around in the world. Like that mm. was that was the biggest that was the that was the biggest turning point in the game's design. Um, and going in that direction, I think that it ended up informing like all, really all of the all of the interactions and mechanics in the game um, to make it try to feel as tangible as as possible. Hmm. One of my favorite parts about that um, exploring and moving around in in the game is um, I didn't really I didn't really understand it at first when I f- first played the f- first couple times is when you put progress on things I didn't really know what that meant, but when you explained what putting progress tokens on a card meant <clears throat> the it i like to just interpret things thematically and narratively in my head mm-hmm. so just the understanding what progress actually is what's happening you're just spending time in any manner of way with something mm-hmm. um really like open the floodgates in my mind to enjoy the the, the experience of the game on a different le- on a role-playing level because like yeah. oh yeah the reason i'm putting progress on this um you know this fishing, you know, the spot by the the stream, dipping my feet in the stream, like, is you know, I'm <laughs> I'm doing these things while while a day is going on, and it's yeah. kind of like mm-hmm. I don't know, it's cool, like yeah. it helps me participate in the story. Yeah, um, yeah, the I way, think, the, yeah, yeah. I think like think about it, progressing through the day is kind of <laughs> it's kind of what you're mm-hmm. kind of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad I'm glad that resonated with you. Um, I almost want to have like a journal, like when I put progress on something, I write down like spend some time you know, doing this, mm-hmm. climbing this tree or whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I th- I've, I've thought about that before too. Like, I think it'd be really cool to do a, yeah, but I, I keep hoping that there'll just be people when they play the game that will just be excited enough about it to do things like that. Like mm-hmm. do little reports of their, of their, like a day, like mm-hmm. tell, tell you what happened. Um, I did very, you know, basic ones for playtesting, but as I would do that, I would always think of like, oh yeah, there's like this cool thing that happened and try to make a little mm. note. But I think you could write a series of short stories yeah. <laughs> using Rangers as a, uh, as a, as a prompt if you wanted. Right. Like fan fiction <laughs> I, based on. I yeah. just, I learned recently that, um, oh no, I'm forgetting the name of it because I haven't watched it yet. So I, uh, the sci-fi show about. Black Mirror? There's like belters and there's people on Mars and uh, it's like the expanse. The, the expanse. I, I heard that someone told me that was based on people's role playing experience. Yeah, yeah. Much like um, that fantasy series uh, that's been going on for a long. Dragonlands. Oh right, yeah. It's basically just people's D and D experience. And wouldn't it be funny if like be amazing if someone just created a a show off of their experience playing Rangers? <laughs> like, I would love that. Just I like. Love that filling in the blanks of you know their their progression through the day and turning it into a, a rich story yeah mm-hmm. that'd be awesome 
Mm-hmm. All right. And Dane has another part to the question. Uh, the same linearity, or maybe it's a different question altogether. The same linearity goes for designers. With the knowledge of hindsight, it's pretty easy to spot how different games were designed by the same designer. Like how Rosenberg designed Agricola, then ex- Agricola. Agricola, then expanded it with Caverna, then fine-tuned <laughs> it with A Feast for Odin. Kind of changed the whole titling um, there for that third one. Do you <laughs> think... <laughs> Feastola. Do you think you guys... Do you think you guys... Do you think... Do you think... <laughs> you guys at... EBR is something... Oh, is something that you can retroactively see as a natural evolution of your other design work? That's kind of... We kind of answered that. Huh? I think we kind of answered that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, this one I think would be more for Fisher because he did yeah. literal design. Um, yeah. But I, I think that it, it definitely uh, feeds into... Um, or as a an evolution of some of the work he did on Fallout, the board game, in my mind, um, and then the work that he did uh, as a um, kind of supervisor on like Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle Earth, and Mansions of Madness. There's I think there's a lot of stuff in there, or even uh, Legacy of Dragonhold. Um, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that's come that comes from 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 those games, uh, I think that we learned at least a lot working on those games uh, that we could apply to Earthborn Rangers for sure. I think that the follow-up board game could have really benefited from a, a campaign book instead of all those cards. All those cards, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it gets a little crazy sometimes with the <laughs> amount of cards they can get out yeah. and play. Uh, I still enjoy that game. Uh, like that, that game has a lot of fun stuff in the middle, I think. Um, and I think that's the stuff I think that is most similar to to Rangers. Is that that wandering the open world and finding cool mm-hmm. things to engage with? Cool. And then uh, final part: no more conventions before PAX Unplugged. Would love to say hi in Essen, or is there anywhere else where I would be able to at least play the English version of the game to show my friend? That's a good question. So um, yeah, no more cons before PAX Unplugged. Uh, we will have a presence at Essen via Frosted Games. Um, so Frosted will be there. They'll have the game there in all likelihood. Um, I guess it could be sold out. That'd be pretty awesome. Uh, so maybe they won't. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's maybe possible. Um, I could ask Ben to see if you'd be interested in maybe having a uh, a table there that has an English copy of the game where people could could check it out because I know there are, are plenty of English speakers that go to um, that go to Essen and might be interested in checking it out. Uh, that might be a good thing. Um, so yeah, but that'd be the only way uh, I think. Um, I think for this year at least, uh, I have a bunch of other stuff going on, and um, Essen's a big trip. <laughs> that's a big trip i just did i just i just came back from england you know i guess it's not it's still pretty far away but uh yeah i, I don't think we're ready to be there ourselves so when we're when we're ready to be there ourselves have our own booth and stuff then i would say uh look for us then but until until then where uh the the budget for uh conventions is small <laughs> right right <laughs> You'll just have to come to PAX, Dane. Thank you for your questions. Right. 
uh, as always. And we've got one here from Taylor. Taylor says, very excited for fulfillment next month, hopefully. I wanted- yeah, well, if you're in Europe, hopefully that'll happen. Heck yeah. I wanted to ask what you guys thought of the upcoming Lord of the Rings set for Magic the Gathering. As someone that's never played Magic before, the Lord of the Rings tie-in convinced me to go try it out for pre-release at my local game store. I also wanted to ask, why do you guys think that Magic has endured for 30 years and still seems so popular? Thanks. You know, I was actually, I was just wondering that today because I realized that I haven't played um, Marvel Snap in months. Mm. And I was thinking, how does something like Magic uh, stay interesting? Because I think I've, a lot of people have fallen off from Marvel Snap, but they were excited at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wondering that too. How how does that, how do they maintain? Well, I don't know. I think a lot of it, there's a certain aspect of it where you're just chasing the rare cards and you're there's like these booster packs you buy and there's always the help, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no denying it's a fun game. I, I haven't played it in many, many years, so it's probably much different than what I'm used to, but... My first experience playing the game was I, I played someone's deck that they had built for me and I had a very positive experience. And I think the people that stick around and have played all these years have are maybe not only chasing boosters or rarities and boosters, but also chasing like that those original feelings they had playing the mm, game and mm. and like uh, an like almost like an addiction. Yeah, recapturing the, <laughs> recapturing that dragon. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I don't mean to sound like that, you know, not judgmental, but um, <laughs> because there's so many good as Magic is such a cool game, and it's it's just been around for so long. It's like it's kind of like Star Wars, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that Magic one it benefits from being a fun game. I mean, that's number one. It's a good game. Still a good game. I just played it uh, this past week with with Sam uh, because at the store where he plays Pokemon, uh, like he's now it's summer. He's like there like three times a week mm-hmm. playing in Pokemon tournaments. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good. Uh, he started he started going like two and one now in these tournaments, which is pretty great. He was going like one and two, zero oh and three a lot. He still hasn't uh, gone three and zero oh yet, but he'll get there. Um, yeah, it's pretty awesome, and the people there are phenomenal um the the staff there is really great cool uh, but uh one of them was he last couple of weeks has been like uh a guy named will has been uh talking to him about playing magic mm. so you know he's trying to trying to lure him in to uh <laughs> to playing magic a bit so he gave him a a pack of magic cards and he was looking through them and i was like hey well you want to you want to play he's like sure so then i dug up uh, a couple of pre-constructed decks that I've I've had lying around for just this situation, hmm. um, and we played. I had like a goblin deck and a merfolk deck, and it was you know it was magic, all right. It was from <laughs> I don't know like six years ago, so it's not super current. I do have some D and D set, the Forgotten Realms set. I have a couple of commander decks, and we were gonna we we're gonna play that. Neat, but uh, yeah. So I mean, I think you know, one, the game's good. Two, it was really the first. You know, so uh, it, it, I think, has that cachet with gamers um, where it feels like every game that comes after is still chasing magic, you know, 
like even at FFG when we would work on games, we'd always be like uh, referencing magic. When we were working on Destiny, we talked a lot about, you know, like the things that magic does in organized play and how magic does rotation. Like rotation is when, you know, old sets go out, new sets come in. So there's like this small group of cards that are available for tournament play at a given time. Um, and uh, people just look to it as the standard. So like everyone's trying to chase it. So I feel like there's this, it's just this energy behind it that even companies that are trying to compete with it in some ways help bolster Magic's popularity. Because when new things come out, then people end up comparing it to Magic almost always. So <laughs> it's almost, almost always in the conversation. Um, and I think just a little bit of luck. They've definitely like gone through peaks and valleys when it comes to uh, their popularity. Um, I don't know if it's really ever been close to dying, though I, people say it's close to dying all the time. <laughs> uh, and you know, now it's kind of insane with the amount of products that come out. And my, my friends who are, I have some friends who are pretty big magic guys and like they're pretty sick of all the constant barrage of products. Um, which they say while they still end up buying it. So, <laughs> you know, so, so it's if one of those things where you're in, you're just kind of in forever, as long as you can afford it. It's right. very expensive. So if you're going to play the new Lord of the Rings stuff, do you, does that tie into what you already have or it's a whole other? It, it all goes together. Yeah. And I think like constantly doing new sets is the, is part of what helps. And they have these Friday night magic events too, where they're like kind of supposed to be, open to new players. So they're constantly recruiting new players. Like that's a big part of what magic does hmm. is there, they, they have a fair amount of turnover when it comes to players, but they're always, always bringing new people on board. And that focus on bringing in new customers all the time helps keep them successful. And by doing releases like this Lord of the Rings thing, where it's like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to, we're going to grab some people who would not care about magic the gathering. Otherwise like this hmm. Taylor here. Yeah. Um, I don't like I don't but, like that kind of thing though. You're playing and then suddenly Gandalf is in there, like in this yeah. other world. Like I had a brief it's, moment where I played Fortnite. Uh huh. <laughs> and then suddenly like fucking Ronald McDonald is in the world. It's like, what is yeah. going on? It's like that. It's gotten like that, unfortunately. Like there's like Walking Dead, there's Warhammer forty K, there's probably a bunch well, of other bullshit that I'm not even aware of. It's it's funny because I, I that this question came up because last Thursday Andrew, I was talking on Discord with Robert Branstig from mm -hmm. FFG now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and uh, and he said he spoke to you uh, when at uh, the last uh, when you were in England. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, surprised yeah. me. It was awesome. Yeah. It was really great to see him. Yeah, and um, we ended up talking a lot about we caught up a lot, but we spent a lot of time talking about magic and old magic, and he was talking about all the things he liked about magic and the mystique it had the early sets um mm -hmm. before it had gandalf and warhammer and stuff and yeah that really spoke to me like there is bits of flavor text on these cards that kind of all that he said related to one another and if you just you could i don't know if you could piece them together linearly but you could get an understanding of a small wedge of what was happening in this weird world of magic yeah and and before planeswalkers came around that you were essentially the player was the planeswalker but when they introduced planeswalkers it's like well what am i then you know yeah. and that was really interesting to think about because 
for a lot of people um, who maybe aren't competitive players, they, they just like to put themselves in this immersive world through yeah. these card games. And that's the kind of player I am. So yeah, it was really interesting to hear his take on it and talk about the art and how, how wildly different the early art is and w- the different places it came from. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I think Rob and I are in agreement that we feel like uh, old magic art is better than new magic art. Yeah. It's just so, it's just so wild. I, I looked up the first, Oh wow. Uh, yeah. The first art uh, piece for counterspell. Cause don't they just yeah. update stuff? And they it's, do, just, yeah. it's like this very classic wizard. Uh-huh. But his finger, his casting fingers, I guess I'm assuming, started growing these long, like curling roots or something. I don't know. It was it was weird. It yeah. leaves a lot to the imagination. Like, did he try to cast a spell and then counterspelled against him, and it, his spell turned into just like growths on his finger or something? You know, <laughs> very weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel the same way. Like, uh, so I I took a long time to get the magic because um, my first experience with magic was. Uh, right when it came out um where i was frequenting coffee shops a lot it was like 1980 1994 um and trying to write and read you know quiet things and uh when magic came out the coffee shop became filled with people arguing about the rules magic (laughs) Uh, it was like super irritating i was like god shut up about magic already and eventually at that coffee shop where i would go to they banned magic players whoa (laughs) yeah because they're irritating everybody um but uh so that was my first exposure to it and then uh in the late 90s like maybe like 99 i um so i guess it wasn't too long like five years after it came out um where I uh, was like, yeah, I'll try it. You know, I'll just get a some pre-constructed thing. I was, I think, I was maybe at the source, and um, thought I'd try it out. There was also like a Wizards of the Coast store at the Mall of America. I think maybe that's wow. where I bought it. Um, and I went to a Friday, like a, one of those Friday Night Magic events. And um, like for me, that was a really cool thing to discover. Was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a wizard. <laughs> And I'm casting spells and all of these are spells. My entire deck is spells. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't really realize that. And that really kind of flicked the switch on for me in my mind where I got behind it thematically. Um, but you're right. It's a, like Planeswalkers. I guess I thought Planeswalkers were also spells, but they're not. They're like they take over the persona. They're like an ID card. Well, that was Rob's perspective. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about I'm familiar with Planeswalkers. I just I came into it when Planeswalkers were already around. So I just. I didn't yeah. have the experience and the, the feeling of change that you did. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm not um, sure. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I got out when I was like charged, uh, going into debt to buy magic cards. And that was, that was <laughs> stupid. Um, but yeah, but as far as like what I think about the Lord of the Rings set, like I'm not, I'm not, inter- I'm not into it at all. I think it's, I think it's just a licensing, more licensing nightmare garbage, um, mm-hmm. personally. And I, I really don't like their, uh, making this they have a one ring like that's a one of one of one in the entire set well there's there's like alternate one rings that there are more of but there's like this one one ring out there just <laughs> one card that they printed in the entire print run and there are some people like offering millions of dollars for this card oh, oh my god and i just think that stuff is i don't know i guess it's good i guess it's good marketing in that yeah makes people talk about it but i think it's the 
bottom of the barrel garbage <laughs> stuff that is just uh it's almost like gam like like trying to like make people gamble like right. just why don't you just go to a slot machine yep yep i don't like it all right i don't like it those are our thoughts <laughs> all right our next question comes from darren nakamura between the realization I probably won't have my copy of the full game until August and jealousy over the Italian backers. I finally ran, I finally ran out of patience and did what I should have done months ago. I printed out the print and play demo to play with my group. Hey, all right. <laughs> we'll probably play a good in-game week or so before the full game comes. And that brought up a question in the EBG discord server. What is an elegant way to transition from the demo to the full game? My plan was to just start over with fresh new Rangers, but others suggested continuing on from where we were. Is there a good way to do that without messing up the main story or the reward card pacing? Yeah, well, I mean, I think if you wanted to go into the game, Darren, with the cards you've unlocked, um, you could do that. Because I think it, uh, I, I guess I'm not 100% certain, but I feel like the campaign guide that we have on uh, for the demo still has the notable events. So when you complete a side activity, you I think you write down a certain thing in your on your campaign log. If that stuff's not there, it might be more challenging, but you'll might just have to remember the people you ran into. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you would start the game with some more reward cards than normal, but you could totally do that. It doesn't, uh, since we excised all of the uh, story, the main story stuff, um, then uh, it, it shouldn't interfere at all if you wanted to, to do that. I think you could totally do that. Nice. Or you could just start fresh, whatever you want to do. Either way works. They could always um, invent a scenario where like just before their first mission or their initiation, they they lost their stuff. They got lost it in the creek. Mm -hmm. and, uh, they, <laughs> only, right. they only got to keep one reward card. <laughs> or something mm -hmm. <laughs> like that yeah but yeah it won't screw up the pacing like the way that the reward cards work in this game is not it's not like experience points in like an rpg or something um they are oftentimes better versions so you might have a bit of an easier time with some stuff earlier in the game but uh you might not also it's still, still be challenging um uh, it's the kind of a game where you could the you, with your starting decks, you could get pretty far into the game. Um, it might be hard, but you could get pretty far without using any reward cards uh, if you tried. Um, so I think if you also, conversely, if you use reward cards at the beginning of the game, it's not going to detract from your experience at all. It's just a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, you got to appreciate when someone is that eager to play the game and share it with their friends, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's cool. All right. Well, thanks for your questions, everyone. Um, let's talk a little bit about what we are into. Um, I'll start. Uh, or like just things we've absorbed because I'm not that into some of these things that I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I, I watched. Change the title to <laughs> Things We've Absorbed. Things We've Absorbed. All right. Things We've Absorbed. Um, I rarely watch movies these days, but I watched. Uh, what have I watched? Oh, uh, this movie called Enemy. Have you guys seen this movie? It was by the director, no. the director of Arrival and Blade Runner twenty whatever. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Darren or no, Derek? What's his name? 
Villeneuve. He did Dune. He did Dune as well. Mm-hmm. So I watched it because of him, and it's Jake Gyllenhaal, and he he discovers he has a doppelganger in a movie, um, and he tries to find this guy, and they are exactly the same. They have like the same scars and stuff, and it's one of those <laughs> where at the end you're like, "That's it." That was the ending. <laughs> but then, <laughs> then I watched it because the whole time you're like, what is fucking going on here? This better be good. This better be good. Because <laughs> it's really slow paced and it's got this moody music and weird shit happens. There's a giant spider that just pops into this room at the end. And uh, and then it cuts <laughs> to black. It, it, the very last Spoilers. scene. No, spo- it's not really a spoiler. You, <laughs> the final scene is his wife goes into this room and he's like, honey, I think I need to go do this thing. And then he walks in there and there's a gigantic tarantula like recoiling into the corner. Uh, and then it cuts to black. And you're like, what the hell? Anyway, that was the end of the movie? Yeah, it was the end of the movie. Um, wow. And it never well, tells. Now I kind of feel like I have to see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, just know it never really explains. It's one of those. It's like um, it reminded me of when I saw. So I watched it with my mom, and it reminded me of when I saw um, Mulholland Drive, that David Lynch uh, movie. Uh-huh. Back, I was going to mention a Lynch yeah. film. Back when I was like 18, whenever that movie came out, and uh, I loved talking about what I thought it meant. It, me and my friend sat in the car in the rain for... Don't even try. Not with Lynch. No. <laughs> we tried, though, for like three you hours. with Lynch, I think. I think that he invests... I think he definitely invests his work with meaning. Whether you're yeah. not, he can he communicates it in a way that you can discuss it. I think that's. I think it. it's Absolutely. meaningful, but he doesn't know what he's really doing. Right, like, that's true. Like ah. he, he's he's. I mean, I don't mean like he's inept, but he's like he's going off of instincts, some subconscious cues or something. Oh, well, maybe. And it does sure. have meaning, but yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, there's like a map in his mind, but it's maybe he doesn't know exactly why. Like he, I think he gets inspired by dreams a lot, and he's like. I saw this in a dream, so I just put it in the movie. <laughs> That's um, pretty good Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> I was meditating and uh, saw an ugly man behind a dumpster, so I thought I'd put it put it in the film. Um, Definitely. I think that's what he, he does do stuff like that. Where yeah. I was just listening to a series of podcasts, uh, the um, uh, Next Lander Watchcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts, mm. where they just watch films and TV and then discuss it. Uh, and uh, they did three Lynch films in a row, and it had some good like uh, audio of him discussing things. Mm. And, yeah, he he definitely has meaning, and he definitely tries. Like I said, I don't know if it always comes across, but it, it, one of the things he talked about was having images. It's like it starts with an image. Yeah, like uh, um, uh, Blue Velvet started with the image of a severed ear. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard that. And he was just that like that was the that's all he had. And then mm-hmm. he made a movie. Right. <laughs> so maybe this guy had the giant spider and he went from there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I thought with Blue Velvet, he had an image of an animatronic bird in a tree. And from there. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that part of the movie, but like a really like bad. a bird outside of a kitchen window and it's just like a animatronic bird. <laughs> it not make any sense. It's like they couldn't get a... Maybe it was intentionally bad. <laughs> I know. I guess yeah. it probably was. Man, I, I think the best thing he, he's ever done is the like latest series of uh the return yeah so yeah good. it's so good so I weird need to, i need to watch that i, oh, I love twin peaks dude it's the best watch the last second one. season what... so boring i hated twin peaks season two yeah but 
it the, the new season doesn't even feel like those old ones. It's like a new thing. It's a new thing. But it's just tied. watch it for Dougie. Watch it for Dougie. Dougie, yeah. It's <laughs> so weird. It's the weirdest. And it's so long. It's so long and just continuously is so weird. And, and it, I loved it. It did things that I was I wanted to see in in the original series like it yeah. places so yeah that's cool I, I mean i love that original series like i've I, i've done two separate uh twin peaks marathons mm. um, don't you get bored in season two though i time season two i get so uh, bored no i think season two is fun because the the characters and the writing is still pretty fun and quirky and weird that's true the story doesn't go anywhere interesting yeah, but there's I think some fun character stuff in the second season, and then it, then the last couple episodes are just like David Lynch riding in on a giant middle finger mm-hmm. um, to yeah right to, right to round out the show, <laughs> and those episodes are pretty great I think. Uh, Man, this is very memorable to me. This is inspiring me to rewatch. Summertime feels like a good time to to rewatch Twin Peaks. That's when I've always done it is in the summer. Heck yeah, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Uh, and the first season's like what nine ten episodes eight episodes eight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah uh but enemy i i think it's worth watching but okay. because it did my mom and i were talking about it the next day so but but i was gonna say i have little to no energy to do that anymore the way i did with uh <laughs> with uh like i knew at the end of the movie i was thinking oh there's a lot to kind of unpack here and try to piece together and i think it's saying something about something but i don't care you got to give me a little bit more <laughs> like it could be mysterious but like give me a little more it can't be just completely yeah. vague no i get you if, if there's more there it inspires me more to try to figure out what the the auteur was trying to say mm-hmm. um and then uh, i was excited about the Nintendo Direct is like a new 2D Super Mario game coming out. Yeah, that looks crazy. It does. It looks really imaginative. Kind of the same as the new Super Mario Brothers stuff, but also seems like they're putting some fun twists on everything. Yeah, man. It's like you flip a switch and then the world goes bananas. Yes, and Nintendo is so good at... It's called Super Mario Brothers Wonder, which is, I think, a really... like appropriate name because that's what mm-hmm. i love about nintendo just their their uh desire to surprise you yeah. with just weird child childlike wonder yeah um, it got me excited cool play a 2d mario i was wondering sure. if when i said that if you would have agreed but that's cool yeah oh it looks like maybe you can play as daisy you can people are excited wow. about that for some reason i don't know why people always talk about can we finally play as daisy i don't even know who daisy <laughs> is <laughs> she was in Donkey Kong, wasn't she? Yeah. Oh, or is that she's the original? Uh, oh, maybe I could be totally screwed up on I, the lore. I, I, I'm not going to get into my Mario lore right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know it well enough. You can turn into an elephant, which I guess is finally exciting. <laughs> yeah, finally. <laughs> but it makes me think: Can we turn into a bunch of other things in this game, kind of like in Odyssey? Mm-hmm. But it's the first time Mario has ever been like an anthropomorphic him you know what i mean oh yeah he's usually wearing a suit yeah it's usually a suit mm. right yeah mm-hmm. and in odyssey he would like become that thing it wouldn't like he wouldn't like change into a frog so that's really well, the, you'd, <laughs> you'd throw the hat yeah the hat would possess the thing did was right. mario in the actually in the hat 
that's, through it. That's a good point. What so. happens? I don't think so. I think Mario's just kind of like off to the side somewhere. Yeah, is that? I but don't know it, how that works. I think his whole his whole being, his whole body, and everything goes into the hat, into the <laughs> creature that he threw the hat into. Yeah, okay, maybe that's what. Maybe happens. he's just a hat, and he manifests. <laughs> the hat was we know as Mario. God, I love yeah, I love Mario. how Nintendo when they first show you their idea. For me anyway, I'm like that is so dumb. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Throw a dumb little eye hat with eyeballs on it onto something else that's not mario <laughs> and that's one of the best like mechanics mario has ever had i love doing that i loved i loved odyssey i thought it was super fun even just the hat as a as a tool for um like maneuvering is amazing Convenience, whatever mm-hmm. what do you say conveyance conveyance i don't know that means of mm-hmm. conveyance do you teleport oh, around with by you do it you can yeah. you throw it and then you jump on it and then you grab it and you jump on it again you can get all bop all over the place sounds like yeah sounds like a kids a 90s toy from for kids that's his, yeah that's <laughs> like bop it or something that might be it yeah for sure for sure i love mario um and i've i finally got really into tears of the kingdom speaking of nintendo i'm really it's amazing it's actually really fun now nice. Nice. i still feel like there's way too much to do all the time you know i don't know how other open world games are i've never played um any hardly any of them but uh mm-hmm. it just feels like okay i'm gonna go do this and then you see something over there immediately. Oh God, I got to go see what's up here. And then you forget what you're doing. And that's kind mm-hmm. of overwhelming for my brain. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like a practice in letting go and just like following my whims. I'm just afraid I'm going to forget everything, but they have a really good tracking system that I can go back to and be like, oh yeah, I can go do that now. But it, that game is full of like cool little surprises. I just discovered there's this whole, like this whole, I don't even know what it is, like species of, animals that are like white and glowing and they're kind of uh they're kind of uh, uh miyazaki-esque like mm-hmm. glowing white deer that show up if you put an apple in this dish by a tree and then that like reveals where all the hidden caves are in this area and it like scampers off and it just looks really cool and then you go in the cave and there's these like similarly white glowing giant frogs called like bubble frogs that like hide on the ceiling and you got to find them and when you kill That's them fun yeah yeah and then there's like other little rabbits of that nature that you shoot and they rupees <laughs> pop out. Um, yeah, there's just like so many little discoveries in this game. You just it's really cool. killing a lot of rare animals. Yes. Yeah. Mythical creatures. You don't kill the big deer. You don't kill that like does, princess. Does Mononoke. Link have a big elephant gun and like uh, <laughs> yeah, just... a lot of stuff to him? <laughs> <laughs> he uses his arrow. And I love I love the like fusing to your arrow. So every time you draw back the arrow, you can press a button and it it shows all your materials that you've collected and you can attach anything to the arrow. So you attach a bomb flower or a fire flower or um, there's some weird ones too. I don't know. It gets That's really sword. Sword, yeah. Sort of, I've always wanted to play with play games that that mess with random mixtures of things like that um, it's so deep with it it's really cool yeah. it's all cool. about mixing stuff i think you'd love the game mm. you should try it someday i have it i have it on physical this time evan i oh. think you can i think you can skip the first one and i'll just i'll lend it to you when i'm done okay hell yeah cool. you don't need to i don't think you need to play the first one really no there's some fun in kind of seeing like oh this place looks different than it did before but it's so big i don't even remember anything mm-hmm. from the first game so anyway that's me okay let's move on to evan <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah uh i finally finished jedi survivor 
Hey, all right. Yeah, it was it it was cool. I just um I got hung up on some of the boss battles because as I mentioned before, I don't like like rolling back the difficulty. I get stubborn. So I got stuck on the last last boss battle for a while and I just I'm saying that I yeah. I gave it I gave it up like and I we went out of town for the weekend when I came back, and then like a Monday morning, I believe it was. I I picked up the controller and I I just beat the end boss in one try. It's nice. I just needed to just step away, I guess. How did it feel? It was cool. I just um, I think I was overreacting and overcorrecting to every single dumb attack that was being thrown at me because I was out of frustration. But if you just like distill the combat of Jedi Survivor and the first one down to like things you can you should block and things you should just dodge. Mm. And the things you should yeah. just dodge are when are pretty, pretty easy to to see because it's like the the bad guy turns red, <laughs> and like <laughs> I just get caught up in the whole battle of like and like trying to do. The thing about the game is you unlock all of these force. They really break they break down the force abilities into like telekinesis and mind trick and and push and or that's part of telekinesis I guess. But um, and then you have all these different saber stances and then. And you just kind of lose track, or I lose track of all the things I have, and I just rely on some foundational attacks. Mm-hmm. And then, then I think like, well, maybe I'm not using the right one for this boss battle, and I get caught up in that. And I think Andrew, you described this before. Like, this game is a little tricky because when you initiate an action, like an attack or something, your character, like Cal, he just has to go through the animation. Like, you can't just like you're just committed to it. You can't just redirect and like react to something you see. You have to wait for him to finish doing his thing. So usually that that results in getting hit and knocked over. And Mm -hmm. so you have to really plan it, which I think is a really cool, a really cool, like um, use of mechanics and stuff. Um, Yeah. But it was an interesting choice. It made it consistent, made the battles, I think more consistent Mm -hmm. than in the original. But uh, I don't think I, I would far prefer to be able to cancel out of an attack and dodge. <laughs> yeah. It saved me probably a few minutes off my life if that or it would have saved me that I that I stole away from myself in like in like rage. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the dark side. <laughs> um but I, I really love the 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 um the visuals is beautiful the game's beautiful. I, I with the story was kinda cool, um, I guess. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty bad. <laughs> well, Evan said, it's I guess. Bad, so, but we should talk about it after. Like, we should, because so, I really want to talk yeah. to you about the ending, and, I, and we shouldn't talk about the ending because I'm okay. sure people are yeah. still in the middle of playing it. But well, uh, the, I did not I, like. I did not like it. I w- I kept being bothered by the name of a location, and I swear it's in that Elric series. Like, it's the mm. same name of a place in Elric. Oh, um, yeah. But I, I won't mention it because I guess it's kind of a spoiler. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That place. Yeah, might <laughs> I gotta be. look it up and make sure. Um, anyways, I had a lot of fun, but I'm kind of glad that it's behind me. There's like sometimes it just feels like a chore. Like oh, I gotta finish the game. Yeah. Um, and then when I finish it, I can just let it go, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I'll play it again in like a year or two. Right. <laughs> Similar. So, yeah. And then that I finished it just in time for Final Fantasy 16, but I haven't played it yet. I downloaded mm. it and um. I played the demo. Everyone was talking about how cool the demo was and like it was being hyped up, which is surprising for me because my experience is like I'm in the minority and 
the Final Fantasy series isn't really that popular. Um, but this seems to be like reaching. There's 16 numbered I games that might with be a loyal, loyal in Japan. Audience, I think but it's like yeah. ginormous. No, maybe. Yeah, but um, I played the demo and it just like it just like seemed like a button masher, and you don't get yeah. to control more than your one character. And for me, the fun is like being able to have these unique party members that you can, um, you know, cater their abilities to synergize well and stuff. Um, but yeah, someone was just like a dude. Yeah. Someone <laughs> was saying that it's not even really an RPG. It's more of an well, action. The, yeah. Action game. Yeah. And there's, there's like, it wrote off a lot of things that it, Final Fantasy is known for like status effects. Like in that, the actual demo, you, you fight a character who it, traditionally always inflicts you with these, the worst statuses in the game. Like, they, there's this an attack where they breathe on you and you become poisoned, blinded, uh, and like slowed and you can't cast spells. And it just does all the worst things to you. Well, in the demo, it's like you get inflicted with this attack and it just takes away damage. And, and I was expecting to be totally screwed. Oh, yeah. I didn't do anything beyond that. And then I just beat the guy. Um, <laughs> so it's weird. I'll play the, I'll play through the game and see how I feel about it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I've heard that it is pretty different. Um, well, the other thing I also heard uh, listening to another podcast is that the the demo um, does not showcase the combat as well mm. as what it actually is. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, and then a couple, so a couple hours in, you'll you'll get more stuff. But I do think you just control the one guy, though. Who knows? Maybe the Final Fantasy's always been good at like thirty hours in. Now the game is totally different. So who knows? Maybe <laughs> yeah. eventually you'll have a party and stuff. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I'm into. Cool. How about you, Andrew? I'm still playing Diablo Four. Oh um, wow! All all my friends are on on it now. Um, not all my friends, but my, <laughs> a couple <laughs> of my good friends. Yeah, are are playing, and I've been uh, jumping on and playing with them, and that's been really fun. Um, it is a. Uh, it's just one of those games where it's like you play in it, and you're just like, "What am I? Like, why am I playing this game?" Like, what's going on? Yeah. But it's it's really good at just making you push the buttons and dopamine, does right? things and yeah, it's all the like yeah. I think I mentioned it last time. It's just this is this dopamine factory mm-hmm. where you're like there's a billion things on your path that you can tap on or click on or what you know push the button going to do the thing. It makes a fun little noise. There's uh, it's just a it's just a well well oiled machine. Um, hmm. And yeah, but it's kind of like a uh, it. Like the online experience playing with friends, it's 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 just like an MMO. It's it's where hmm. you're barely paying attention yeah. to the game. You're watching your cooldown timers on your abilities and you're <laughs> you know, you know the order in which they need to be chained and Did you kinda have to be in the right position. I'm playing a barbarian, so like I, I the way my dude's facing and the position I am on the screen matters. So there's that to pay attention to, but there's so many enemies. You're just <laughs> effects flying all over the place. It's really hard to see what's going on sometimes. And did you? So I, uh, you're just hanging out and chatting with your friends. And okay, that's what's cool. Mashing I, buttons. I've always wanted to get into Diablo, um, and I played like maybe two hours of Diablo three, hmm. and that felt pretty like story heavy in the beginning. I mean, not heavy, but yes. like it was. You go, but then does it kind of just get away from that, and then you're just kind of. No, well, you can you can follow the main story, or you can just poke around um, and try know. to level up your character. 
That's yeah. it. Yeah. But there's weapons. so many other things to do. Yeah. You don't, I think there's some things that are gated behind the story. So you like, if you want a horse, for example, you got to finish act three. Mm. And I'm just at the beginning of act three. Like I've barely, I've barely touched the main story at all. Okay. Just going into dungeons and stuff. They didn't, uh, they didn't shift to like a free to play model, right? It's you pay. No, it's, okay. it is not free to play. Far I, from it. I tried the, uh, I tried the, the one that is free to play eternal. I think it's called. Did you play okay. that at all? No, I still want to try to get into it, but I don't really want to pay, pay any money for it. Yeah. Diablo's <laughs> worth it. I mean, I think yeah. if you, I still, I still feel like the first one's the best one. I like that one the most. Wow. And I think, I don't know if that one's how cheap that is these days, but I would recommend playing Diablo one personally uh, alone, just single player. Yeah, it was a, it was a single player game. Okay. I think Diablo two is when they introduced okay. multiplayer. Okay, I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try it. Um, on. Maybe I wonder if yeah, it'll work on I'll, my Steam Deck. Yeah, I'm sure it would work great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's it. That's all you've played. Yeah, that's all I've really played. I've been watching some movies and stuff like that. I watched Interstellar and oh yeah, like staring at screens every once in a while in the evening. Christopher Nolan in general. Do you? What do you think? What do you? I like his earlier stuff. His later stuff, I've not really watched very much. I haven't really been drawn to it. Like I was yeah. really put off by Interstellar. Yeah, and I did, and I also did not like Dark Knight Rises. Mm. So mm-hmm. he did a couple of movies. I was like, these are bad. Yeah, he uh, sucks now. So I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but I loved Memento. I love Inception. Um, and I really loved The Dark Knight and Batman Begins. You didn't see you didn't see Tenet? No. That doesn't look I think good. you'd probably hate it. I hate I hated <laughs> it. Didn't it looked good to me. I, I yeah, didn't it finish look it. Good. He, uh, he, so I was like, uh, you couldn't understand what anybody was saying. I hate it. That, that's, that's all the movies. That, I know. Wasn't that the didn't they do that on purpose? Yeah, he said, like, I like that they, they can't really tell what they're saying. But then, it, but it's also, it doesn't make any sense because there's so, like, the story is so confusing. You need, I need something. It's just like uh-huh. this enemy movie. Just give me something to grab onto. What are you, you're expecting too much of us. We're idiots. I'm a- <laughs> I, saw a sat- I saw a satire of Tenet, the, like oh. a satire scene that some comedian did. Oh. And uh, that was pretty good. Was it just, that's all you need. There you go. Yeah, it was fine. I was like, all right, I feel like I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Just saw the movie. Uh-huh. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. And thank you to guys. I hope you have a great rest of the day. Everyone, yeah. reach out to us. The game's coming soon. And, yes. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya.